1987, Ronald Reagan, he's in Berlin, right? You all know where I'm going with this, right? And that's when they still had the wall up dividing uh, East Berlin from West Berlin. And, and when you think about it back then, how progressive Western Germany was, you remember it was divided, I mean, you weren't there, but it was divided after World War II. The Allies got Western Germany and, and the Russians got Eastern Germany. And put a wall in Berlin, because Berlin was in the middle of that, so they put a wall in Berlin to separate the two, and Western Berlin prospered, became, as you know, Germany is one of the major economic uh, powerhouses of the world, but Eastern Germany looked like a third world country. It did not thrive well under communism, socialism, can I? Hello, Venezuela. Okay. It, it just, it just didn't, you know, I mean, you, the differences were stark. And as I look out over the church world, I see, and as I look at the world, I see darkness and light. I see the Lord moving in places and not in other places. I see, I see peace and prosperity, and then in other places, war and poverty. And there seems to be walls there between the two, even within churches, even within families. But President Reagan stood up that day and said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. And one long after that, that, that wall got tore down. Y'all didn't know Reagan was a prophet, did you? Amen. He, he prophesied to the atmosphere, and that wall came down. Amen. What, what is just a political thing I want to bring into the spiritual realm, I think it's time we as the church begin to speak to walls and and it might be in a marriage, it might be a financial wall or or you know physical or 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 spiritual or emotional, psychological, whatever. We need to start speaking to the walls in our life and say, tear down this wall. My God, I, I guess there's two purposes to wall. Sometimes walls are built to protect, but sometimes walls are built to imprison. You know, Reagan tore down a wall, Trump's building a wall, right? But that wall's built to protect. I believe, you know, in scriptures it talks about God building and praying for hedges to be built, walls to be built that will keep us from the work of the enemy. How many love those walls? That's okay. It's all right to pray ahead. You can pray ahead on other people so that, so that the enemy can't get to them, so they're free to say yes to God. Amen. So walls are, are, called, are sometimes built to protect, but sometimes they're built to imprison, and the enemy is very good at building walls that keep us from his glory. Wow. So as we get into Ephesians chapter 2, let's watch this in verse 11. As we talk about these walls coming down, Ephesians 2.11, therefore, therefore, okay, transition. The therefore is therefore. It's a reason it is therefore. That, that purpose, that you, once Gentiles, once not saved, once in darkness, once in sin, once in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision, right, the Jews didn't do circumcision, but by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hand. And the Holy Spirit quickened those last few words to me because he's talking about the circumcision being the Jewish church that was identified by something done with men's hands. God help us to stop building churches with 
our hands. Amen. Help us to stop building ministries and religion with our hands, with our efforts. Amen. I think sometimes we need fewer strategies and more encounters with the Holy One. We need the Holy Ghost to just invade. Amen. We spend too much time strategizing when we just ought to be listening. So we got the church that is that is that is doing things building things with their own hands instead of allowing the Holy Spirit. So since there's a therefore, therefore, let's go, let's go back to last week, verse 10, and let's, let's just pick up the verse there. So last week we ended on this, and really I didn't have time to say a lot about it, but this is what the therefore is there for. For we are His workmanship. Some people paint paintings. Some people build buildings. Some people do this, do that. God builds people. Ah, that's better than Legos. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for new cars, job promotions, riches rained out, checks in the mailbox, right? That's what we're made for. We are made for, F-O-R, purpose, good works. I think sometimes we have gotten away from good works. We're so afraid. You know, we've, we've been preached at so much. We're saved by grace, not works, so we just don't do anything. Now, you weren't saved by good works, but you were saved for good works. Give God praise right now. That's a good one. You were saved for good works. You were saved to love one another. That's a good work. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You were, he, he put good works in you before you were born. Your gifts and talents and abilities were put in you by God for his purposes to do good works. If you're not doing good works, wake up. Fist bump your neighbor. And say, wake up. Did you do it? I wasn't watching. Did you do it? Mm -hmm. Wow, 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 wow. First Peter 2.12 talks about good works. In fact, there's a whole theology. When you, every book in the Bible talks, in the New Testament, talks about good works. I couldn't believe how often it's there, and we've missed it. He said, in uh, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, the unsaved people, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your, not, not signs, wonders, and miracles, by your good works. The world, what the world calls good works, God calls good grace. And I say, good God. By your good works, which they observe, glorify God. In the day of visitation. When you do good works, that's God's glory. What's glory? Glory is what is manifested from heaven. Good works manifests God. It's no wonder we're not winning the loss. We're not loving the world. Two amens. Matthew 5.16. By, by the way, I can, I can quote a lot of these verses. Let your light so shine. Listen, you're in control of how your light shines. He is the light. It does shine. But how it shines is up to you. Don't hide it under a bushel basket. That they may see your, again, not signs, wonders, and miracles. All that's fine and good. That wins souls too. But he says, see your good works and, and glorify your Father in heaven. Unless, of course, you take credit for it. Moving on. Woo. Drop the mic. Let's go home. Ephesians 2, 7. I can give you a lot of words today. I just got to preach the word. That in the ages to come, he might show can I say show off the exceeding riches of his grace in, in, in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus? Listen, this is really weird, but he likes to brag on us. 
All right, let's get to our text. That's, that's reckless, by the way. You know, it's like, it's like giving somebody a good recommendation for a job where you work, and they show up and mess up and make you look bad. I wonder how many times we made God look bad. I mean, he's recommending us. He calls us saints. Talk about reckless. Come on now. So let's get into our text. Verse 11, 12, 13. We already uh, read 11. Let's go to 12. <clears throat> Verse 12 says that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens. There are aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers. Boy, they're, they're talking about you. From the covenant of promise, having no hope without God in this world. Verse 13. But now, say but now. In Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. If that's you, say amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It says remember, 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 remember. We sometimes forget where we came from. We get all dressed up and gooed up and, oh, we're just this and we got a title and a position and we're just, we're just, you know, I'm, a, I'm, a over there. I'm an elder, I'm a deacon down there at that church. And yeah, 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 yeah. Don't forget where you came from. Don't forget how you got where you are today. Amen. Don't go, oh, I know you're all spiritual. You're a saint now. Even God calls you that. But don't forget where you came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so he says, he says, that he's going to break down, or it has in the past, broke down the walls. Let's keep reading in verse uh, 14. Watch this. For he himself is our peace. You don't get peace. You get Jesus, and he brings peace. You got peace whether you realize it or not. If you got Jesus, you got peace. He said, I don't feel peace. That's because you get your eyes on the storm instead of the, get your eyes off the storm. Get your eyes off the waves. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He is your peace, not lack of trouble. Who has made both one. Now, first of all, he's talking about Jew and Gentile. But today, can we not say he's talking about saint and sinner? He has made us all one. Black, white, rich, poor. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Amen. No matter what our divisions, no matter where we came from, no matter who we are, no matter who we were, amen, he has taken that down. He said he has made both one, say one, 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 and has broken down the middle wall of of separation. He has broken down the walls that separate us, and that's why we can have church together regardless of who we are, how much money we make. Even We can even worship if we don't believe exactly the same thing. Glory to God. You know, people find some little stinky little doctrine. I can't worship with them. I don't know what you're going to do in heaven. Well, they're not going to heaven. Oh, you're going to be shocked. You might even be upset in heaven. Not going to. My mansion's next to him. Oh, what's he doing in this neighborhood? (laughs) You'll get it this afternoon. Jesus, hallelujah. You know what he's really saying? I've broken down the walls, and instead of all these different races, which in in the Bible, a race is not not a skin color. In the Bible, race means a, a, a nationality. Okay, so there are many nations, which is many races. But he said, I, I, there's not, there's not, 
uh, dozens of races anymore. There's just one. When you got saved, you became a whole new race. And there's nothing wrong with appreciating your culture. There's nothing wrong with uh, celebrating, you know, where you've come from, you know. I'm, pr- I'm proud of, you know, my ancestors. I like to rejoice in that and, and look back at it and, and get all the blessings that they didn't get. I'll just take them all, amen. Generational blessings, I'll take that. But I also understand that above all that, I am first of all a child of the king. That makes me your brother, your sister. We are one race in Christ Jesus. Oh, glory to God. Amen. Oh, I got to hurry up. I got to hurry up. I got to hurry up. A couple more verses there. Verse 15. uh, Having abolished in his flesh on the cross the enmity, the warfare. That is the law of command. You know, and aren't we living in a warfare nowadays? Listen, listen. Politically, can I say this? Don't get caught up in the fighting. You're not called to politics. You're called to that one new man called Christian. Be a Christian. Oh, can the rest of you clap now too? I don't. What, which party did we not clap when I? Did? It's the Green Party. That's what it was. The Green Party. Watch. In the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in Himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. And that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity, the warfare between us. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. Y'all praying for me. Jeez, I got one yes. I don't know if I can stand any more blessings. Just pray for me. And yet, oh, I, got a, I got a mess. Can I mess right here? And yes, Sunday morning. It's the most segregated hour in America. There's a church downtown, right? It's called First English Lutheran. I, was, I said, yeah, brilliant. You speak English. Well, that's because when they came over here, the immigrants from Germany, they started a Lutheran church, and they all spoke German. You were not welcome there unless you spoke German. Then somebody had the big idea, hey, we could win people that aren't Germans. <gasps> if we spoke English, probably was a big split. So a whole new thing started. We're the English Lutheran Church. Now, you might criticize that, but sometimes we get to where, well, all of us from Kentucky and West Virginia, and I say us, but I'm not there. Um, everybody from Kentucky and West Virginia, when they moved up here, what, what happened? They all lived together in a community, and they all went to the same church together. And if you were a Buckeye, you weren't really welcome there. Well, hello. See, I can, I can hit everybody. You want me to keep going? African-Americans, they like to worship together. There's a Korean church just down the street, right? And I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just trying to make a point here that we all like to worship where we're comfortable. And we're, we've never, we never were called to comfort. We were called to tear down the walls and worship together because we are all saints. Come on, raise up a praise if you're with me on that. Amen. Sometimes people will leave a church because, well, I just don't, I just don't feel like I, oh, for crying out loud. I'm not trying to make a comfortable place where we're all the same. We're trying to create a place where people that are different can come together and show the world that we have something in common. It's called Jesus, and that's why we're here, and that's good enough. That's good enough. Wow. Wow. This is, this is huge. Are you getting me? Are you feeling me? Oh, i got to hurry up now. There, there are really five walls. He broke down five walls. Number one, he broke down. He broke down. Did I miss a scripture? No, I'm good. He, he, broke down, he broke down the flesh. Sometimes our flesh 
we keep us from what we need to be. And he said, I'm breaking down the wall of flesh so that we can start walking in the Spirit. Can I get an amen? He broke down the obstacle in the air. Remember, he talked about the 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 power of the air. So there's there's that spirit in the air, that atmosphere. He broke the wall of the atmosphere so that we can be seated with him in heavenly places. He broke down, number three, the wall of the law. And basically what we mean by that is you're not saved. You don't have to live by law anymore. You can live by grace. The law, the Old Testament, is God's no, thou shalt not. It's like your little kids. They're too young to understand the whys, so you just say no. And isn't it interesting? That's the first word they learn, no. They say no before mama and daddy. What is that about? No. And they say, why not? And you say, because I told you so. God, Old Testament, outside voice. We talked about that. That's his thunder voice. No! But here's the thing. No might keep you out of trouble, but no doesn't get you saved. We need the yes of God. Hallelujah. When he died on the cross, it wasn't about no anymore. It was about yes. Not yes, you can do anything you want to do. But yes in that, oh, if we say yes to God, we no longer want to do those things. We understand why those things get us in trouble. We don't want, we have no interest. Look out. Yeah, tear down, tearing down that wall. Help us, Jesus. Let me put it this way. God didn't save. God didn't deliver the Israelites out of Egypt just to deliver them out of Egypt. He delivered them out of Egypt so they can live in the promised land. You didn't just get saved to get saved. You were saved so you can live in the land of promise. God didn't save Noah and those seven souls. It's not about saving them from the flood. It's about saving them to start the race again. It's about starting a whole new world again. Oh, I got to preach that. One of these days I got to preach that. He's starting a whole new world. When he saved us, he says, I, you are new creations. I'm starting a new DNA in the planet. It's no longer just about no. It's now about yes, the giant yes of God, that you can be all that God has called you to be. Oh, somebody help me. My, 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 my. Oh, I got to hurry up. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, my machine just did something really weird. Okay, there it is. Now, number four, the curtain. He tore the curtain. It, it tore from the top to the bottom. By the way, this curtain was probably as tall as that wall back there, tall as this wall back there, and it said the curtain was about that thick. No man could tear it, and, and they tore it, and God tore it from the top to the bottom. Oh, we need a top-to-bottom move of God. We're, I'm tired of these bottom-to-tops. I'm tired of us trying to do something in the flesh and hope it reaches heaven. It's kind of like, God, here's our prayer. God, bless my mess. Instead of, God, what do you want? And I'll just do it. Somebody help me. Hallelujah. He tore down the curtain. And number five, he tore down, he tore down the temple. He tore down the walls in the temple. I got news for you, ladies. You weren't allowed in the, whole, in the, in the inner sanctum. If you, had some, if you walked with a limp, if, if you had some kind of physical uh, derangement or something, you weren't like, like other people, uh, you weren't allowed in the temple. Obviously, if you weren't a Jew, you weren't allowed. 
Remember, and, and, and the bishop preached about this Sunday night. Wasn't that a great message? The guy sitting at the gate, beautiful. He had never been inside. All he could do was sit at the gate. But such as I have. And the Bible said he went walking and leaping. See, we don't get it. He's never been allowed in the temple. But now Jesus healed him for the first time in his life. He got to walk and leap and praise God. Oh, yeah, he was out of order. But, oh, yeah, he had a... Sh- he had a Hyundai and his Hyundai. I said Hyundai, not a Honda. I, I, reminds me of a Mephibosheth. Got to be careful when I say that name. Mephibosheth, Brother Seth. I'll just call him Brother Seth. Remember him? Crippled in his legs. He appears before King David. He's the last of his family. And, and he said, and King, King David receives him. He thought, he thought the king was going to kill him, amen, because he was of the royal family. And instead of killing him, he, he said, why would you allow a dead dog like me to come into your presence? Did you ever feel like a dead dog coming into the presence of God? So unworthy. Why? God, why would you love me? Why would you accept me? I've messed up a couple times. I, I don't know why you would. But yeah, yeah. He said, "Don't worry about it." He said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dress you." And I wish I had time. I'm gonna dress you in in the royal robes, and I'm gonna put you in a chair, and I'm gonna push the chair up against the table. And he says, "You're gonna sit at my table just like my sons." When God saved you, He gave you a place at the table. I don't care. Someone said, yeah, but God didn't heal his legs. Listen, listen, we're not always uh, made perfect. We're not always healed. We might still have some issues, but aren't you glad? In spite of all that, he still gives us a seat at the table. There's been some good stuff preached here this morning. I'm taking another offering. Y'all are on those favorite sayings now. I can't hardly say them without you going, yeah, I know. It's like you know them before I even say them. That's not right. That's not right. <laughs> Let's finish this up. 19 through 22. I got to hear For through him, we both have access. Say, I have access. I mean, that's, that's here it is. He gives you access. Wow. By one spirit to the Father. Do you see the Trinity there? Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Now, here we go. Therefore. Here's another therefore. Right? You are no longer strangers, foreigners. You are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Oh, there's a family here I'm talking about. Amen. Having been built. Say built. On the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. I'll get back to that. Next verse says, in whom the whole building being fitted to, you all are bricks in that building. Quit leaving. I'm just going to stay there a minute. I just like that. Whole building fitted together, grows, grows. We're not sitting here to be blessed, just, we're not here just to be comfortable, too hot, too cold, preachers too loud. I got, listen, we did the surveys. You're not going to believe this. One of the surveys said, survey says, he said, the music is too loud and the lights are too dark. The very next card said, the music's not loud enough and the sanctuary's not dark enough. Honest. As I live and breathe, I can show them to you. And I don't know who it is. God bless your soul. This is why I have gray hair. Fit it together. Grows into a holy temple in the Lord. Mm -hmm. In whom you also are being built together. I know we walk around, I've got my gifts. Well, your gifts are there to bless me. 
God didn't give you gifts so you can say, I've got all nine gifts of the Spirit. Bless your little heart. In whom you also are being built together for a, for a purpose, for a dwelling place for God in the Spirit. God has brought, listen, this is why I believe in church, the resurrected body called the church. Because God has brought us together so he can dwell with us. Hello, tree huggers. Well, just me and Jesus, we do our own thing. You kind of missed it. He has brought us together. He doesn't want to just dwell in you. He wants to dwell in us. This is a dwell. Listen, quick. Maybe we should quit calling it church and start calling it the dwelling place. Should we change the name of our church again? The dwelling place. <laughs> Amen. Every homeless person will be here. Amen. No. The, <laughs> so, do I have more verses? Yeah. No. Yes. Praise God. That's it. Five more points. You ready? He's, <laughs> here's, here's what he says about us real quick. How many believe I can preach this real quick? It's a lack of faith. Real quick. Number one, he says we're fellow citizens. That speaks to the hospitality of God. Fellow citizens. How many believe God is hospitable? And we need to show that as well. You know, we're, listen, we're living in a world now. How many, listen, when I was growing up, there was a hill. It's called Shields Hill. And that's where we all went to toboggan and sled. We had a lake that we all went to to swim. Nowadays, every home is fenced and they have their own pool. I, I see that as you fly over cities and you'll see whole communities, hundreds and hundreds of homes. Everyone has a pool. Think of the money we could have saved if we could have just all pooled together. And they're fenced. Listen, you can always tell how old a house is. Really old houses have front porches. Nobody builds a house with a front porch anymore. Nobody's sitting in the front porch in their rocker waving it at everybody as they go by. Hey! The front porch has been replaced by the back deck. We've gotten to the place where we've cut ourselves off from everybody and we can't figure out why we're so lonely. And now you don't need a deck anymore. All you need is a phone. And you can have a thousand friends you don't even know. And people will hide behind their phones and they don't, by the way, they don't mind. They seem emboldened to say things that they wouldn't say to your face. They'll get on the phone and say things that are rude and crude and hurtful because they can hide behind their phones. Amen. We've lost the ability to communicate. We've lost the ability to be family. We've lost, you know, young people are growing up. They don't even know how to talk to each other. They'll sit in a room together and text each other in the same room. God, take us back to the front porch. We are fellow citizens. Oh, my God. Number two, we are joined together, members of a household. This, Listen, I want to declare the end of the orphanage church where everyone, listen, if you're in an orphanage, their only responsibility is put a roof over your head and food in your belly and keep you somewhat happy until someone will claim you. That's the definition of a lot of churches today. They've become institutional places where people just come. They don't know anybody. They don't want to know anybody. They just want to be fed and put a covering over their head, and they're happy. Well, listen, this place is not an orphanage. This is a household. There's a dad and a mom and brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, and a few crazy cousins. See, see pe people romanticize family. They say, well, a church should be a family. In other words, they weren't getting enough attention. Whenever we don't get enough attention, well, the church should be a family. Well, in the family, daddy spanks people. Well, I guess you can't do that anymore. Daddy puts you, 
Daddy gives you time out. You've got a dad and a mom. You're being taught. You're being disciplined. Amen. There are rules in the house. Can't live here if you do this. So be careful when you romanticize that and say, man, church ought to be a family. Yeah, like yours. Y'all have family reunions and do nothing but fight. All right, let's move on. Yes. Let's just go home. Let's see, that was so wrong. Yeah, yes. Strike the tents. Let's go. The glory has departed. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And then number four. I guess there was only four. I don't know what number I'm at. But we are finally, finally built together. And he said, Jesus is the cornerstone. Now, when we say cornerstone, it's not, it's not, you know, nowadays a cornerstone is the stone, one little stone. Come on, musicians. One little stone in the corner. It says what year the building was built and who built it. Now, you can walk all the way around this building. My name's not anywhere on this building. It never will be, okay? It's not about that, right? We're not talking about that kind of cornerstone. Back then, they didn't, they weren't, they don't pour footers, they had cement, but they didn't understand that concept. Their, their cement wasn't that great. The Romans invented it. But listen, they would take huge stones. They found them now, some of these big temples. Some of these uh, would, 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 would weigh hundreds of tons, these huge, huge stones. And they, they'd put four of them there, and that's what held the whole building, the cornerstone. Now, there's a foundation called prophets. and you know, we're, we're, The foundation is the teaching of Jesus Christ, but that's, that's not the cornerstone. Jesus is the cornerstone. They said when there would be great floods and buildings were being washed away, they would go and stand on the cornerstones and be safe. Jesus talked about the house built on the rock. See, when the floods come, when the floods come, there's safety in him. There's security in him. We're safe from the storms. We're built on the rock. Listen, after Noah's flood, a rainbow, right, came out. The rainbow is a sign. Listen to me and I'll close. The rainbow is a sign that the promises of God are greater than the storms of life. Did you get that? You need to write that down. You're going to need that. The rainbow is a sign that the promises of God are greater than the storms we go through. Hang on to the promises and get your eye off the storm.